You guys know it's only six Fridays, maybe Sundays, till Christmas. Six Fridays, right? Is that exciting? Does that make you want to like, woo, dude, kick, oh. I'm not a real limber guy, so, but you know, it feels good. It's kind of exciting. I didn't realize it was going to be this close, but it is. And as I was, uh, right before I left to come here this morning, I'm looking at the calendar, flipping through, I'm like, woo, wow, only a few Fridays and we're at Christmas. So time flies. You may be seated if you'd like. You can stay standing if you want. We do appreciate your patience as we uh, are having some growing pains. The, uh, the, we got new equipment, some exciting stuff, but that comes new challenges and new settings and everything. So thank you for your patience today. Worship team did a great job. Let's give them one more hand and thank them for their dedication today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I was asked by Pastor Jeff uh, if I would speak, and, and I'm honored to do so. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor when somebody asks you to share your heart to share God's Word with their church. So thank you for the opportunity. It's always good to be here. It's good to see some of the faces that I know out there and, and a few that I don't. So hopefully we'll get a chance to know each other after the service. But I was kind of recollecting and say, God, what can I speak on today that I know that I can share? Not, God, can I just give a pretty message and try to look like uh, I presented something that was entertaining for a little bit, and you guys were like, oh, that was fun. He told a funny story, and at the end of the day, you walk out the same as you came in. And I said, God, help me to find something that I felt that I've lived through that I can show and teach through your word. So, so I felt like God started with this. He planted this thought. Actually, he, he caused me to recollect early in the year. Hard to believe. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, man, it is November already, right? And it seems like just a couple months ago, it was like January, February. And as I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking, wow, I, I, we did a lot of stuff this year. We got some things accomplished. And in some ways, I'm thinking, man, I didn't get anything done because, you know, the year's gone. And here we still are in this same spot. And I remembered that I planned this trip to, actually overseas, to Asia, Hong Kong to be specific. And this was a trip that I did not want to take, all right? So just understand, I did not want to take this. First of all, me and flying over the ocean, not a good mix, you know, I'm like, whoo, just, I just don't like those kind of things. So for years, this was actually probably five years that... I had this thought, and I, and I shared it with my, my wife, and I'm like, hey, I really need to go overseas to, to take the business to the next step. By the way, I'm self-employed, so uh, we have a business, and this was part of that, was to be able to find the next step in our business, because I just felt like things were stopped. They just weren't moving anymore. Anybody ever felt like that before, where, where things just, you know, you go year after year, and you just feel like there's just, something's just stopped. Everything's just kind of paused, and you you can't just kind of break through the next level. And that's what this thought was. So for five years, I contemplated. And of course, then I hear folks tell me, well, you know, the air quality is really bad in Hong Kong. So if you have allergies or asthma, then, you know, probably not the best place for you. And the wife's going, oh, yeah, well, that's you. You know, I have both of those. So I thought, well, you know, I could always take an inhaler, but what if I die? You know, just silly stuff. And I made excuse year after year after year. Then finally... 
This year, in April, I locked it in and I told the wife, I said, hey, it's time. It's time. I've got to go. This is something I have to do. I have to do something different to produce change, right? The change that I craved, the change that I knew was needed and that I'd sat in for so long that I couldn't seem to make any efforts changing it. And it was frustrating, you know, because it grabs on you and binds you. So finally I decided, okay, I'm going. I said, hey, you want to go with me? Yeah. So she was right on, uh, jumped in with me. So she went with me and we locked it in. And we, we took off, I don't remember the exact time, but it was pretty early in the morning. Flew into California, from California we hopped another plane, and then, from, uh, then we started over, you know, overseas into Asia, you know, kind of like this. And in my own ignorance, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm looking at the map. You know how they show you these little maps and you can see the picture of where your plane is at the time? And I'm like, why do they have to go like this? Why can't they just go like this, man? I mean, if we're going to be over water anyway, right? And then I read something, Google told me that, well, it's shorter because the earth is round. Oh, yeah, I forgot the earth was round. It just looks like on the screen you could go straight across. So my ignorance, but I knew it was going to be a really long flight. In fact, 14 plus hours, 14 to 15 hours flight. For a guy like me, I'm an antsy guy. I don't sit down very well. I don't sit long anywhere. That's a really long time. That's a really long time. Even for somebody who does sit well, I would think that's a really long time. And I know people travel all the time, but for me, and they travel to different countries, that was just hard to wrap my mind around. So push comes to shove, we're on it, I'm committed, I know it has to happen, I have to make this change, I have to do this trip. We get on, we're on the flight, and an hour goes by, and of course I'm loaded up. I have, you know, my YouTube Red, which is just really cool. If you don't know what YouTube Red is, this is not a plug for YouTube. Uh, but it's like $10 a month, and you can download all the stuff, so in case your Wi-Fi drops, you still have podcast videos, whatever you want, it's awesome. So anyway, I'm loaded up on there. I have all my podcast and information that I can watch. I have some books that I can read because I'm thinking, 14 hours. What am I going to do for such a long time? And they have movies and stuff, which, you know, I'm not big on. I'll watch a movie, but I can only watch so many movies before I'm like, oh, you know, and pull my hair out. I even, in fact, I tried to plan for sleep and everything. I had this here going on, which is a little scary sunglasses, ball cap. I look kind of maybe like a terrorist or something that somebody who didn't look like they should be there potentially. And we're on this plane. Two hours go by and, and you know, I'm doing okay. I'm getting a little fatigued and uh, starting to cramp up just a little bit. And, and then, you know, by four hours, I'm like starting to watch the clock, starting to look at the clock, like how much longer? How much longer do I have? This is really getting old, sitting here trapped in this chair. You try to stretch and you got about this much room to stretch. You go like this, I got my wife over here, I'm hitting her in the head, whatever. I'm getting to where my body is becoming anxious. And you know, we don't want to talk about these kind of things, but there's always that component of what's that smell? Where'd that smell come from? You know, sometimes I think we really know what it is, but we don't want to admit it. So the things that you're smelling and breathing, you're like, oh dear Lord, it's just no fun being trapped in a plane. In car rides, for those of you who travel in a car, same thing, right? When you take the long trips, I know my brother and his family, they drive to Florida. I don't think I could do that. It was tough. And it got to a point to where I was, had this leg syndrome. I just wanted to jump, run something, just move because I was antsy. And I put my leg up here and I tried to lay like this and, 
And then I get a neck cramp. I doze off for 10 minutes, and, I, and I'm just looking. Now it's like I'm watching the minutes go by. And I just want to land the plane. I'm just daydreaming, thinking, oh, God, man, can you please make this go by fast for me, Jesus? Just speed this up because I don't want to, I can't sit here anymore. I am tired of being stuck in this plane, in this seat. And, and you know, to me, the picture of landing the plane was, and it really didn't matter where we were going. It was that feeling of, picture this with me now. You're unloading the plane, you step out, the door opens, and you feel the sunshine just beaming on you, the warmth of the sun. You feel a gentle breeze going by. And of course, I was going to Hong Kong, but in my mind, I see the ocean with waves rolling in, some palm trees. And there was just this joy or peace that comes over you in that moment. And my mind just kept going back to land the plane. So in my odd way of thinking, the title of today's message is just that. Land the plane. Turn to your neighbor and say, land the plane. Amen, amen. So, you know, it's interesting because in life, through the journey, we experience these types of things all the time, right? There's obstacles that never seem to end. There's these challenges that we sometimes get trapped in, and they're not like the short-term challenge or obstacle we're used to. They become long-term problems. They become long-term issues that we're dealing with and we're stuck in the trials that we want to say, why can't we get out of this? Why is this not over? We have communication issues where, you know, sometimes they go on for years. We just can't communicate with our spouse or our loved ones, uh, maybe our, our son or daughter, and we just can't get the communication right. And it's frustrating because you know it's there, yet we make no progress and we stay stuck in flight. We stay stuck. Money problems. Sometimes it's money problems. How many have had that before? I think probably everybody, I would assume, has had money problems at some point in their lives. Hopefully not at this point, but if you do, it's a, it's a common thing. And, and we wonder why every time we, we get another uh, check going into the bank, that we think this one's going into savings. And we think we just got a little bit ahead. We're like two, three, four, five months ahead. It's awesome. And then what happens, what I tell my girls all the time, Murphy's Law you know it's going to happen. And when it does, it's going to be during this time when you think you had it all covered. And that's what happens. The car breaks or, or you get that, that insurance bill from the hospital who should have billed it six months ago. And it comes eight months later when you forgot all about it. And all of a sudden in the mail, it says, ding, you owe $1,500. Oh, right. It just seems to never change. Our relationships, we fight this in all of our relationships daily. Insecurity. Some of us have this deep insecurity and we know inside that there's something wrong. Maybe not everybody on the outside can see it. We feel it, we experience it, and there's this void that we keep trying to fill and we just can't seem to make progress. Some people deal with lack of motivation. In fact, the motivational industry as a whole with books and seminars and all that is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's a massive industry because so many people want to be motivated and want to do new things in their life, but they just don't know how to take the next step, 
to move forward. They just don't know how to make progress. They're continually stuck, stuck in their situation, stuck in the same problem they've had for maybe months, years, decades. And I think the, the common feeling that comes over us at that point is, am I being punished? Has anybody ever asked God before? Raise your hand if, you, if you've kind of asked God before, you've been in a situation that God, am I being punished for something? Why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening to me? Why, why me? What did I do? Right? Why me? And at the end of the day, you just want to really, it's kind of like, stop the bleeding already. Okay? Stop the bleeding. Enough is enough. This is not what I pictured for my life. This is not what I pictured. I just want to land the plane. The exciting news is this. We're always going to have these struggles. We're always going to be on a journey. That's called life, where we experience these obstacles and, and trials that we go through. But the difference is there's instruction in the Word, because God knew that we would experience some of these things. So we're going to be talking from the narrative of, narrative of James today. I love James. James is one of my favorite books because it's so short. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, because it has such deep content packed in it. It is a very short uh, book as a whole. But it's really incredible because James is, is giving this letter to the 12 tribes because he knows that they are out preaching the word and he knows that they're going to face persecution. They are going to face people uh, who are challenging them. They are going to face life's struggles, trials, and temptations. It's just part of life, and it's going to happen. So James wants to reach out and say, guys, look, here's the information. I'm going to present this to you because if you will do this, if you will follow the instructions, then life can be different. Life can be joyous. We can celebrate the challenges because they're going to come. They're going to come. So he goes on to say this. If you want to follow along, uh, it's in, we're at the beginning of James. We're going to start in James 1. So it's at the very beginning. It's, it's the beginning of his letter. So how better prepared than that to give this to these guys? And he says this. That's a big one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Now, I know you guys are all fired up right now and you're thinking, Yes, that's it. That's it. That's the answer. That's all we have to do is consider it pure joy. How exciting. Wow, that was enlightening, Sean. Yeah, probably nobody is thinking that right now. I was the same way as studying this. I'm like, why does he say this up front? But let's go on and work through this narrative. And I think by the time we get through it, you're going to understand, wow, that, that makes sense. So he goes on to say, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know keyword there, know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or patience. Patience. Knowing is when we gain wisdom. Wisdom creates knowing. So he goes on in four and says, let perseverance finish its work. Let it finish. You need to go through this so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So that you, you and I, may be complete not lacking anything, okay? So the maturity part, that's what's really intriguing here because he's telling them, hey, you've got to go through this. You have to experience this to mature. And as you mature, you're going to see things in a different light. You're going to see the obstacles and the struggles and the challenges differently that will produce joy because you'll have walked through them triumphantly on the other side. 
And he goes through them five, and, and he just keeps jumping in deeper and deeper and says, if any of you lacks wisdom, that know that we are talking about knowing, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Well, that's pretty simple. All we have to do is say, God, uh, I need wisdom. Give me wisdom. He says, just ask God. That's all we have to do. I used to tell my, my kids in my, in my immature or less mature, I'm always maturing, just ask my wife, on my less immature time in life, uh, I used to tell my kids all the time, hey, be careful what you pray for, because you just might get it. That can be scary, right? So I used to think, hey, if I could pray like this and maybe help God understand my situation and say, you know, God, I really need you to intervene here. I don't want to go through any trials or headaches or any discomfort. I just want you to fix it. Can you just do that? So I was careful because I didn't want to pray too hard and give too much information to God. I know, too much information because I was afraid it might be hard. He might make it hard on me because the prayer never gets answered the way that we think. It's always in a much deeper way. Even Solomon, everybody knows Solomon, right? In all his splendor and everything that he had, Solomon, what's he asked God for? He's, he's experienced everything. He has everything. And he asked for wisdom. That's powerful. And James goes on and says, but when you ask, this is important, you must believe. You must believe. In fact, he says, and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, if you don't have a focal point that you're believing on, you're going to sway this way. You're going to sway that way. You're going to be moving to the, to the side. You're going to move backwards. You're going to have no control over the direction which you want and need forward direction in your life. We call that growth, right? We call that growth. So you must believe, he says. And then he goes on, this is interesting. He says, that person should not expect. If you don't believe, don't expect anything. In fact, he goes on to say, you're double-minded and unstable. How many of you know somebody in this world that's unstable? Or two, or three, potentially. They are unstable in all that they do. Land the plane. Just land the plane. So he goes on. So we went through those scriptures, the narrative, and to summarize, he says, ask. How do you start? You ask. You say, God, give me humility because without humility, if you already have all the answers, guess what? God, what do you need God for? You don't need him. You have the answer. How's that working for you? Anybody? Make sense? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. So he says, ask. Be humble enough to ask and say, God, I, I need your intervention in this situation. I need you to step into my life and in this obstacle. I need you to step into this insecurity that I keep dealing with, feeling like I'm just not worthy. I'm just not adequate. Uh, I'm just not as smart as others. I'm not as pretty. I'm not as handsome. I'm not as talented on the guitar. Whatever it may be, I need you to step into this situation and invite God in. Then here's what's really intriguing. Here's the part that I think we miss all the time. What next? We listen. See how much you can hear when it gets quiet? See, our lives are full of the, 
the uh, conscious mind and all the noise, hearing all the conscious information coming at us, we ask God and we pray and we say, God, I need this. I need you in this situation. Come help me. Why won't you help me? Where are you, God? And then I get up and I walk away and I'm off to the normal and the TV's going and the radio's going and the kids are talking and I hear nothing but phones ringing and, and text messages coming in and I'm scanning Facebook and I'm cooking dinner or whatever it may be. You can't hear God because you have too much noise in your life. You can't hear God because you don't make a point to listen. If you went up and asked somebody a question, if you came up to me and said, hey, Sean, where are we going for lunch? And I just walked away from you. You'd be like, what, what in the world was that? Well, that was weird, right? You expect me to communicate with you. And that's the problem because we want to ask God for something, but we don't listen. We don't try to hear God. And you can't be in the right mindset. God can't filter through all the junk and noise in your life right now until you make time to hear him. Till you make time to hear him. When we get into that, that's called in, in the business world critical thinking. If any of you have heard of that before, critical thinking time some of the most successful entrepreneurs, business folks, CEOs, all the above, they spend hours per week in thought with a notepad. Hours per week in thought. These are some of the folks who are leading the top businesses, uh, you name it, the, the best of the best. And they've learned that you have to make time to hear. God speaks to us through our mind. He speaks to us. We serve God with our mind, says Romans. He speaks through our mind. And then we go into the last word, believe. There's that word again. But this is going to be a little bit different because believe is not like, you know, we hear believe, and, and to me, maybe it's just me, but to me, believe is, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, that seems plausible. That's what encompasses our belief. Did you know that in over 20 primitive languages, the word believe is translated differently. Anybody know? Anybody know what it is? Do. Whoa. Whoa. I don't think you guys are hearing me right now. Believe is an action verb of do. That means you just don't sit by and you say, God, I've prayed to you. It's your turn. I'm waiting. Waiting on you, God. Whenever you're ready, oh, God's just, he's busy with other people's stuff. He just, I don't think he heard me. I'm going to pray again, even though, you know, God hears all prayers, but I'm going to just keep praying the same prayer over and over. You haven't done anything. What have you done? So believe is in a different context. And James goes into this later in the scripture as do. See, doing is saying, okay, you know what? I may not know exactly what my next steps are but I'm going to make a point to make next steps. I'm going to make a point to do something. I'm going to journal and write down what can Sean do differently? What can Sam do differently? And I'm going to make a note, a list, and make something that I can come up with that I can take forward steps and say, I've done something. You know what? There's an invigoration that will come from that because your action is creating movement. And God says, when you move, I will move. When you move, I will move. Faith without works is dead. Amen? Faith without works is dead. You've got 
to create movement. And here James gives us this instruction, and he says, hey, it's right here. Yet we don't follow it. He says, you got to ask. But of course, the response to ask is you have to listen. Then you have to believe, which means you have to take some action. See, God does, you can't say, God, I want you to invest in me, but I don't want to do anything. It's an investment. And when you don't make an investment, when you don't invest anything of yourself, when you don't take any kind of action, guess what? There will never be a return. There will never be a return because you've never making the step to do to get the return. That's what believing is. And we all know some people who just never learn. They just never learn. And we can see them from the outside looking at them saying, what in the world? You have been in this for years. Sometimes people see it a lot better than what we do ourselves. You've been going through this for years after year after year. The Bible says as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. In other words, saying that we are behaving foolish. We're being foolish because we just keep doing the same thing over and over. And that's not the way God intended us to experience this journey. Now he knows, don't get me wrong. He knows this is life. We're going to experience this. He was here in flesh in the body of Jesus. And Jesus knows what we're going to experience because he walked this earth. He experienced what we experienced. So he knows But he also gives us instruction on what to do and how to land the plane or at least how to make some forward steps to where when you're on that plane and you're in this obstacle, you hear the landing gear drop, right? That's a sign because you've made a step forward. So now the landing gear is whistling that, making that funny noise that you're not sure if you're going to crash or it was a landing gear, but whichever, okay, you know something's changing. Sometimes that's a good feeling, right? Instead of just being in the same mode all the time and to where you just get complacent and you just feel like you're just existing. You feel like you just exist. Lay in the plane. Romans 12, one of my favorite scriptures says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I don't know if anybody's ever really looked at the text on that. This is something that you have to stare at the text for a while to really understand. I think, for me, it should say, be ye continually transformed by the continual renewing of your mind, because it's not a one-time process. It's not a one-time process. Life doesn't bring you a one-time obstacle. It brings you obstacle after obstacle, after trial, after challenge, after temptation, and it goes on and on and over and over. You have the ability to transform by the renewing of your mind. You can transform your situation by renewing your mind. You know, it's funny, uh, a saying that, that I say to my girls is, it's not the movement of the clock, you know, because we like to just say, well, I'm just, I'm just waiting, just waiting on God. I'm waiting for this, waiting for that, just waiting for it to change. It's not the movement of the clock, but the movement of your mind that makes change. Are you with me? It's not the movement of the clock, it's the movement of your mind that makes change. And here's what I know. God's waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. I hear that so much. People say, you could pray until your knees are sore. And if that is all you do, you can expect to receive nothing. 
because God is not just going to knock your, your, this mirac- bring this miraculous repair because you prayed. Prayer, you got to start walking in faith. Faith without works is dead. So you have to make some progress and you say, okay, God, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to move because God's, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's waiting for you to make movement. Until you make movement, he can't do anything. He can, but he won't. Why? Because if he did, what would you learn? What would you gain? You'd have it fixed, but what about when it comes back? What experience would you have pulled out of it? Nothing. So the joy, James says, consider it joy. Remember it as we started out. The joy comes from having the right perspective, knowing God is going to bring us through, and stepping out in belief. Being a doer. Doing something. Making movement. Showing God. It's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about this as I was studying and trying to... uh, go over the message, and I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of like a car. If I'm sitting at a stoplight and I want to turn left, I can turn the wheel all the way to the left. But until that car starts moving, I will never make a left turn. I will never get to my destination without movement. Joy comes through aligning with what God's Word says following the instructions, right? It's easy, and it really, it's really exciting because it says, hey, you just need to read the Word. Just read it. I have the answers right here. You know, I have this divine inspiration. I gave you my Word. All you have to do is pick it up and read it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know these times can be tough. You know, I know that we go through some tough stuff. It's part of what shapes each and, one, each and every one of us. But to consider it joy is another whole mindset. So I went on this, this trip. It was wonderful. That's sarcasm. It was not wonderful. It was tolerable. The wife and I got a little bit sick from the food. In fact, even some of the smells created this nauseating. We'd walk down the street and we're like, oh, 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 there it is again. Oh, what is it? What is the smell here in the streets of Hong Kong? It was rough, man. It was rough. We fly back, and the first time, what I didn't tell you was we had three seats, and one was open. So we had like one extra seat, you know, the one thing you always pray for when you travel. Oh, please, Lord, don't let somebody sit next to me. So you got one extra seat. That was awesome. That was a total score. But then on the way back, we get stuck with this older gentleman off to the side on the inside. I always sit on the aisle in case I got to get out and run or something. Who knows? Uh, and he's stuck on the inside, and his wife is fairly, uh, definitely taking care of him. Every three minutes, she's up leaning over me like this and talking to him about this far from my face, and I'm just kind of sitting like, a little bit awkward, you know? So the flight was a little bit rougher coming home. That was in April. Now I look back, and I look at this situation that took me five years to make this decision to take action, to move, to do something. It was the best decision I have ever made. It was the best decision. I can't explain to you the growth that we have had in so many areas. The new relationships that we've acquired from this trip. 
The business is thriving in a new way. Everything has changed. We've taken from a level that just felt like it was just kind of stuck to way up here. And it's invigorating. It's joyous. It's exciting. And what God's saying, what James is saying in his letter is you just have to do something. You have to do. Ask me. Then you got to do something because I'm right here. I want to I walk right with you. I want to go through this with you. But you got to invest something, right? Because if you don't, you won't walk away with the experience that you need in the end. And that's what we call wisdom. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful today that you show us in your word this amazing illustration that you are standing there. You are on our side. You are, you are right next to us just waiting to take us through whatever it is that we struggle with. Life's challenges that we all face of one sort of another. And that you show us, God, hey, this can really be joyous. But you got to understand. you got to believe. Everything comes down to belief. You have to believe that I'm here with you and I can help you through this. But you're going to have to take, make movements. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to invest in this because I use everything for my glory. And even though I didn't create your challenge, I'm going to use it to grow you, to grow you. Whether with your family member, whether with a parent member, no matter how close to home, these challenges or heavy they may be. If you take action, if you do, I'm moving right with you. God, I ask that you just touch everyone here today. God, that you give everybody a spirit of motivation. You give them a spirit of movement, God. Help everybody to go home and say, I'm going to make a list of two things, two things, only two, God, that I can do to make forward steps. I'm not sure where they're going to take me, but I'm just going to make forward steps because I know now, as James shows us, when I move, you move. When I move, you move. In Jesus' name.